Today on the post game, we discussed Syracuse transfer gate and that rumor finally fizzling out. We discussed the top 20 rankings that came out, and we also preview the upcoming NCAA lacrosse season, which starts this weekend. That's right. The season starts this weekend, and we wrap this all up with breaking news from TD Ireland. Uh, we'll get in that. We also have a great interview with him before he breaks that news, but you're going to have to listen to the whole episode to find out where he is going. Welcome to another episode of The Post Game. As always, The Post Game is brought to you by Red Truck Beef Jerky. Again, that's Red Truck Beef Jerky. If you're buying beef jerky from someone else, you're a dirty communist and you shouldn't be able to listen to this podcast. Use promo code POSTGAME15 for 15% off your order. We did not have an episode last week because you, the listener, weren't buying enough beef jerky. Also because we don't have our shit together, but that's not the point. So... To kick off this episode, hit pause, go buy some beef jerky, plug in our promo code, and let's go from there. Um, so with that being said, Evan, how was the weekend? It was good. Um, my girlfriend's birthday is on Wednesday, so everybody wish her a happy birthday through me, um, since you guys don't know her who are listening, but it is her birthday. I threw her a little surprise party. I was like very housewife. I cooked food. I invited all our friends over, and it, it was nice. First off, sick brag about having a girlfriend. What'd you cook? I've never, uh, I've never heard you mention being a chef, and you're not like Jerry Raganese who has to post about every time he whips something up in the kitchen. I literally just made wings and then ordered pizza. <laughs> 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 but the wings are good. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, hey. I got a cake. It was good. I put up birthday, uh, whatever, uh, birthday decorations, and some of her friends who she hasn't seen in a really long time were able to make it. So it was overall success. I'm front runner for boyfriend of the year. Um, so yeah, it was a great weekend. Nice, man. Congrats. Sounds like you really are pulling away for boyfriend of the year, especially after yeah. being an instant thought on your, uh, on your vacation. So yeah. Happy birthday, KT. <laughs> yeah. At a boy. At a boy. <laughs> um, so to, uh, to dive into this week's episode, I don't really know what's going on. We broke the news today, today being Monday, that Rafus is officially out of the transfer portal. I'd like to hear your rundown on transfer gate and portal gate and COVID gate and how it's uh, <laughs> going to be impacting the Syracuse lacrosse season this year. Okay. Well, the good news is, is it's not going to impact the Syracuse lacrosse season this year. Um, Love to hear that. Yeah. So the number two ranked Syracuse orange are going to be at full force, thankfully. Um, but basically there was just, a little bit of a uh, disciplinary action taken. I'm not going to get in the details and sell these kids down the river. They've already been dragged through the mud, um, unwarranted dragged through the mud already. Um, since obviously this isn't going to impact them. They didn't have to break the story that they were in trouble at all. But basically, uh, they've been through an appeal process all the way, dating back all the way to September. Uh, and they weren't really sure if they were going to be able to play. Um, really impact Steven because it's his last year of eligibility. So if he couldn't play at Syracuse, he was going to have to transfer. Um, the other guys were, were not in the same boat, uh, in that sense, but basically they found out today, finally, that not only were they no longer in trouble, like not to be able to go to school, but then they could also play and be on campus, uh, which was the last part of that appeal. So they're officially allowed to play. Um, and Steven has pulled himself out of the transfer portal and I don't think anybody else is going to go in. I think they each individually heard at some point today that they're, they're good to go. So all good news in central New York. 
John, first off, a couple things. Credit to the post game for just being the high ground, not dragging these kids through the muds like you would see from the lacrosse journalism across the Twitter. Um, just pat on the back for us, just having the journalistic integrity to let these kids live their lives until it benefits us to talk about the news. Um, yeah, well, what sucks about it is, I, obviously it's not at a huge scale, but it sucks that you like can Google Steven and it's like, like COVID protocol broken or whatever it was like, and that his name's like tied to it. And it's not really news, right? Like it should have been more under wraps. Like it should, he obviously had to enter the transfer portal and people are going to ask questions and do their jobs. But that was like the shittiest part is, you know, he's kind of tied to that and it's, it just didn't have to be that way. So that's kind of why we took the high road. We want to be a platform for players and not really just re reporting on, on what's going on in their lives. We want to really, you know, let them say what they have to say. So that's, all I can say about it and all I'm willing to say about it as a friend to most of those guys. But yeah, that's, that's probably the, the worst part about it is they're kind of tied to that, you know, bad news or, or they look like bad kids, which, which they're definitely are not, especially Steven. He's nicest guy in the world. God, we are such great guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes, sometimes that's uh you know, that's just a tough break. You're associated with something bad that happened and it pops up on Google but, you know, I got to imagine after the season, after he graduates, you know, the full story will come out. And hopefully what I liked is the lacrosse community is generally pretty receptive to news blowing over. Like Rifus might be always the, hey, yeah, that was the guy that broke COVID protocol. But the people who actually matter, the people who give a shit, um, they're like, oh, that was that story that was blown completely out of proportion. And I feel like with most lacrosse stories that end up making the news, um, you know, certainly some are warranted, but a lot of them, um, and with me being the coach at Air Force right after that whole scandal happened, I couldn't believe how small it was realistically. Um, the 30 for 30 with Duke, um, you know, that that certainly shed a lot of light. So hopefully the people that are quick to point a finger at Rifus and make assumptions are quick to understand the uh, the facts and, and change their opinion if they made any. And I think that the lacrosse community in general does a pretty good job of that. So, Stephen, know you're a friend of Evans. Um, I certainly uh, think you're, you know, big scummy scumbag for playing for Syracuse, but that is not related to COVID gate. So congratulations on being able to stay at Syracuse and retaining your eligibility and, uh, and getting ready to play with the boys, which leads us to, you mentioned it, the top 20 rankings came out. Um, generally no real surprises. I feel like it's very similar to the Alabama Clemson paradigm in the college football world, but Duke Syracuse are the clear number one, number two heavyweights, Duke being far and away the best Syracuse being number two. I didn't really have any qualms. Um, what were your first initial reactions? No, I mean, the one and two makes sense to me. I, I think Duke is just way too loaded, and I'm really excited to see Brennan O'Neill play. Uh, I, I just think he's going to be one of the best players ever, probably. Um, so I, I'm, yeah. What do you mean that's unique? <laughs> Everybody thinks that. <laughs> what, so you mean that? Oh. Do people really think that? Because I see on fucking Twitter people saying that he's coming out of the box. If he comes out of the box, like, I will be fucking shocked. He's, he, he's like, far and away that would one really of the best segments. That would really upset me if he came out of the box. Put him on the low wing, get him isolated, and let it's, him go to work on some two-time All-American. And if he makes that guy look like an asshole, I'll shove all my chips in the Brendan O'Neill two-time to Wharton Heisman yeah, trophy winner. Totally. Legend. I mean, I think he's going to break a lot of records. Um but yeah, I wasn't too surprised with that. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I might get roasted for this because I don't know too much about their roster, but I feel like Penn State is a little high 
um, after losing Grant Ament. And did they? Yeah, Grant Ament was done after this year. So, I mean, I feel like that's yeah, a pretty he, big he, loss. He yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I was just making sure it was he yeah. like forewent his eligibility, but who knows? Um, or is it forego? Foregoed? Uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I think they might be a little bit overrated. I don't know if uh, Mac O'Keefe kind of has his running mate to to get him the ball at, at a high clip. So I'd say that I think they're a little bit high being above Virginia and, and Carolina, but I'm also super ACC biased. So uh, that that's probably the big one for me. I'm curious what your thoughts are on, on Notre Dame just barely rounding out the top 10. Love it. I, cu- I couldn't be a bigger fan of the ranking number 10 for two reasons. One, you have just enough, just enough expectations, but not enough expectations at the same time. So you know how everybody can really, uh, you know, really play into the, you know, they don't give us any fucking respect. 10 lets you dabble in that just a little bit, especially when you've kind of been a perennial top five team and dabbling in the top five the last couple of years. And secondly, there is no pressure. You're not the number one team. So especially with Corrigan, um, he was unbelievable. Whenever we were ranked number one, we would just get pissed off. Like we would see the rankings come out and we'd be number one. We'd be like, ah, God damn it. Because Corrigan would run us into the ground in practice. And even though we weren't reading the press, like, of course we knew we were number one, but we weren't, you know, nothing changed from the last victory. Corrigan would always use use it as an excuse to go like, you know, hey, you know, you fucking guys are number one. You guys think you're so cool. You guys are reading the press. We don't have to work hard at practice. <laughs> and that was regardless of how the practice went. We're like, coach, like we, we don't care about the rankings. Like we're just tired right now. <laughs> so I think 10 is the perfect position for Notre Dame. Um, I think we have a chance to make a good run. Also, I did notice just, um, I kind of like seeing some of the blue blood programs, not being very prevalent. And what I mean by that is seeing Hopkins at number 20 behind Penn, behind Richmond, behind Lehigh army, UMass. Um, I'm always a fan of that. Um, first off, I hate their band. And second off, um, you know, I, any, any sort of a more parody that can be introduced into lacrosse, I'm always a fan of. So unfortunately, you know, the top three are Duke, Syracuse, Maryland, really fucking surprising there from a historical perspective but i'm really going to be interested to see how number six through 15 play out because i got to imagine some of the top tens are going to lose a couple games and really what i'm most interested in seeing is again the acc is just a gauntlet this year how many losses like how big if you lose the duke by five and then you lose the syracuse by one and then you lose the duke by one in back to back to back weeks how far should you drop? You know, like yeah. those are two damn good teams. And if you keep it close, I don't think you should drop that far, but if you're a sub 500 team, there's no justification for being in the top 10. Um, but that's just my initial deal. Yeah. Kind of like conversely to your point, I'm pretty excited about like these old, these teams that were good back in the day, like Georgetown being 11. I'm pumped for Georgetown this year. Uh, I think yep. they're going to be really good. Um, so I mean, I, I think it's going to be a fun year. It's unfortunate that it's under these circumstances. We don't really know what the schedulings look like. Like, we're kind of just making up an ACC schedule, but it very much might look like what you just described. Um, so, yeah, I mean. Well, they announced Dukes. They announced a couple schedules, and, and Notre Dame plays Duke twice in three weekends. Yeah, so. That's tough. Oh, so you were specifically talking about Notre Dame? Yeah, they're probably going to lose to Duke and then Syracuse and then Duke. I don't think we play Syracuse <laughs> in the middle, but I think we do play another ACC. The only other bummer is too, is like seeing Yale and Cornell. I'm just like, totally. oh, fuck. I hope they have seasons, but from everything that we're hearing, that's uh, that's certainly not going to happen. Um, which, which what a bummer. And we got a little bit of insight in that with our, uh, 
with our interview with TD here coming up in a little bit, but still just a total bummer that, uh, you know, if the Ivies don't happen for the second year in a row, what a kick to the balls. You had an entire year to prepare for this. You're telling me that every other program and every other conference can get their shit together more than the Ivy league. I know it's a fundamental difference in approach, but at the end of the day, it is complete bullshit. And seeing all the open letters to Twitter from like the Yale captain of the hockey team, seeing the lacrosse players band together, just breaks my fucking heart. I wish the Ivy leagues would get their shit together and kind of put the, uh, you know, just, just let people make the decisions on their own, not necessarily yeah. have some old, old dude in a, uh, in a classroom, sign a piece of paper that ends everybody's career. It, it like doesn't feel real. Honestly, like you, we've, we've heard from reliable sources that there's not going to be an Ivy league season. So it, it seems like it's real, but it just like, it doesn't feel that way yet. And I don't think it will until there's like an official statement and, and those teams really aren't playing, but, um, you know, I think our, our guest uh, moving on from Yale is probably uh, the biggest indicator that, that this is this is legit, that they're not going to have a season, which, again, is just total bummer. Especially, like, I yeah, think it was going to be – Harvard's not having one, but – It's going to be a great year for – and I don't think Princeton is either, like, officially, but I think they only have 20 guys on the roster. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just those those three teams are going to be good this year and fun to watch, so it's, it's really tough. Yeah, um, I just do feel bad for the kids. That- yeah. To, to lighten it up, I do have a, a, a bad feeling that Notre Dame is going to make a big sneaky run only to, uh, to end up in heartbreak. Not unlike the, uh, the Bills game, because I, I remember taking to Twitter right as I was watching the Bills game. And, and it's just always unfortunate because that's the best Bills team that's happened, you know, in, in quite a while. And having a big team that you can rally around and it's fun only to get to, you know, the quarterfinals, semifinals, championship game to run into a legendary Patrick Mahomes slash Jordan Wolf-led team <laughs> just to have your season end in heartbreak. I mean, the parallels and the story writes itself, which uh, I'm getting pretty sick of Notre Dame running into fucking legendary teams. So I think it's been a couple years in a row that Notre Dame has lost to the eventual national champion. And I might be totally wrong on that. I probably am wrong. But I'd like to see... Notre Dame at least make a good deep run um, and really get my hopes up before crushing me like the football team did this year before getting clapped by Clemson and Bama and back-to-back weekends. So I hope we make it to the ACC championship game, lose to Syracuse, and then, you know, wind up in the tournament and then end up losing to Duke just to bring some, you know, normalcy back to our lives. COVID's thrown everything for a loop, but if we can lose in, in overtime to a blue blood program, um I'll, I'll feel a lot happier about 2021 who is the notre dame i this is gonna be funny if you don't know the answer but who's the notre dame like horses here like who's their go-to guy i don't even know because it was uh, it was costabile it was costabile there there are a couple guys that are being put forward um you know of course i can't name any of their names because pat kavanaugh yeah pat kavanaugh sergio perkovic oh, i um, said pat kavanaugh yeah. that's his brother's <laughs> name right he's he's yeah. on t- yeah He's one of the best players there's there. Like, there's like 50, 50 Cavaliers. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there, there's a lot. There's like Jack Kielty. Uh, I, I just know that when the first team All-Americans and like the preseason All-Americans came out, Notre Dame only had a couple guys on the third and a couple honorable mentions. So I don't <laughs> think we have like a true horse like we were riding Costabile last year. So good chance for someone else to step up or we can try and go under the guys that we're going to play a bunch of team ball, which, which never works. Yeah. So, you know, the defense will be fundamentally sound sticks out in front with a great stance. 
<laughs> Dude, I'm ready to watch a game where we win four to three. Like no <laughs> offensive players shining, no defensive players doing stick checks, takeaways, just a four to three fundamental snooze fest. Get me there. Need it like I need air to breathe. I want to line up all the Notre Dame defensemen and just like look just from their waist down just to look at their legs because they all just have the biggest legs of all time. And I feel like that actually helps them stay in a perfect stance. They literally don't let up with that. Um, but I remember there's a picture of you with all the Notre Dame guys uh, after a game. And there's obviously a ton of uh, Notre Dame guys on the Redwoods. John Sexton has the biggest fucking legs I've ever fucking seen. Dude, it's a joke. Like you just see Sexton wearing like a backpack. He looks like a normal guy. And then you'll just like notice his quads one day. And then you'll be walking and being like, dude, what the fuck is that? Like he looks like a, like his calves are skinny. Like his hamstrings are even relatively normal. Like he doesn't have a huge ass. He just has like this normal frame. And then you just look at his fucking quads and they're tree trunks. Yeah. So he's he's uh, he's something else. And he's the prototype as far as Notre Dame defenseman. He might have a little too much flair, to be honest. But um, either way, man, I'm just excited. The lacrosse season starts this weekend. Like, you kidding me? We have two powerhouse matchups in Denver and Utah. And, the you know, that one can just be thrown into the garbage because we have Mercer Bellarmine. Shout out Dylan Ward. Shout out. All the Bellarmine legends, Taylor Stewart. Um, I'm really excited for both of these matchups. Um, the Super Bowl. Las Vegas Lions hasn't posted anything. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. I feel like they post on Wednesdays for the weekend games. But not that I know where I gamble or anything. Uh, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the Super Bowl as well. Mercer, uh, Bellarmine. I, so there is a kid on uh, Mercer, Sean Goldsmith. So mm-hmm. I can't take credit for how much I'm going to hype this kid up right now because the guys okay. at College Cross always hype him up and post pictures of him. But he wears like his I, – I don't know why, but he wears his glasses like under his helmet. Like he doesn't wear contacts and he just yeah, wears like his – he – it's just – it's a look that he pulls off and he's also fucking nasty. Like he had – he was averaging six points a game last year. Like he's tearing it up. I think he just fills the net up. He probably – I think he had like – single-digit assists and just, like, 30-something goals. So I think he'll be uh, fun to watch if anybody can find a way to watch that game. But I'm excited for uh, his his rise to fame because it got cut short last year and he has an epic look with the glasses. I'm all in on that. That's, that's my favorite storyline of the weekend. Um, <laughs> I also historically have always thought it was really funny that everybody coming in is always so high on Utah. They're like, you know, oh, you know, they have a great college football program. It's a beautiful setting. Look at these mountains. Look at this coaching staff. And then they just don't really do anything ever. Have they, like, they haven't cracked the top 10, have they? I don't know. They might have They might have cracked the top 20 at one point. They, like, I could see them getting good um, just because, like, where they are. And it's, it's like, there's definitely talent out there. So they, they'd yeah, be I've similar to Denver. Years though, now, though. I guess like you could make the same argument as Michigan. Like I'm shocked that Michigan's not good. I don't understand how they're not good. Um, so maybe I'm wrong, but they did get some like good transfers. I know there's a kid from Long Island who transferred there. It was pretty good. Um, Michigan's Colin just Burke, so. steps up their football team. I don't understand. Like to me, that should be one of the best lacrosse schools in the country. Um, it's like a great academic school. It's a sick fucking college town and it's a like great college for sports. Like they have a great team in, in every season. Pretty much every sports team is good there. Um, mm-hmm. And they have a sick fucking facility. Like, their lacrosse facility is it probably is the best. the most yeah. unreal facility I've ever seen in my life. So, yeah, the alumni, like, there's no reason that that school should be fucking sick at lacrosse. It doesn't make sense. Um, 
So yeah, figure it out, Michigan. Uh, but yeah, I love like sometimes I truly think at the end of the day, everybody forgets that high school kids are just fucking stupid. If I relive my entire <laughs> recruiting experience, my top three, if I could choose any of them, are probably you know Air Force because I was you know military hardo in high school, uh, and then like Notre Dame and Michigan, like those those top three. Why can't Michigan get it? And, and then sometimes I'm like, well, probably because some dumbass kid is like, well, Syracuse had the gates way back in the day. Like, I want to go to play where the Powells did. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? Maybe we just hang in there. Maybe Utah, Michigan is going to be the national championship here in about <laughs> five years. But I don't see either one of those teams making too big a noise coming into this season. Um, yeah. I mean, every again, recruit should go to – every recruit should still go to Syracuse, but I really don't understand why they're going to Syracuse over Michigan if you can. But <laughs> still go to Syracuse, please. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame, Michigan's <laughs> a coin toss. Yeah. In my fucked up brain. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, that um, that just about does it for the intro. I'm really pumped about this interview with TD. Uh, first off, what a great journalistic moment for the post game. Everybody's going to have to listen to this. All these lacrosse journalists are just going to be cruising through this episode like these motherfuckers are, are stealing the TD news. Um, and we're just cakewalking our way into one of the biggest transfer things. I know that he has told some other people, but I don't. I think this is the first time he's publicly spoken about it. So whether or not we're breaking the news, whether or not you know where he's going, um, this is going to be one of the first pieces of public knowledge, public interviews that uh, the TD has done. And this is my first time talking to him. Very easy to talk to. Pretty cool dude. Yeah. I would love to grab a beer with him. Yeah, great guy. I'm just, you know, it's a huge moment for him and a huge moment for the podcast. And we're just, we're riding off into the sunset together on the, on the next chapter of our lives. So I'm, I'm excited for the interview. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. <laughs> Beauty. Well, let's kick it on over to the interview with TD Erlin and, uh, and enjoy. Very excited to have our next guest here on the post game. You all know him as the goat faceoff guy currently in college. Um, we're going to get into more of his background. Welcome to the show, TD Erlin. Thanks for having me. That was good pronunciation. That was good. No one ever gets that right. So. No, I did my research. I did it good. So uh, how, uh, how was the weekend? Just before we started recording, you were complaining about the Bills. You've been a lifelong Bills fan? No, I'm actually a Vikings fan, but everyone in upstate was happy and they were loosening up restrictions as they were doing well. So I was for my uh, I was pretty dependent on the Bills winning. So it was a tough loss last night. Just for like the general happiness of the town, really? Yeah, everyone was miserable. Sun didn't come out today. It was a tough day in upstate. <laughs> Evan, the sun doesn't yeah, come out 90% you... of the days, but <laughs> is, what is Kirk is. Cousins your favorite NFL player of all time? Yeah, he's the worst NFL player of all time. <laughs> I would have Jamie Tebow quarterback for sure before him. All right, why a Vikings that. fan? Why the hell? How the hell did that happen? So my dad's a football coach, and for some reason he's a Vikings fan. Sick and brag. Was, yeah, <laughs> upstate New York football, so it doesn't really count. Um, but yeah, no. So he's like, yeah, you're gonna be a Vikings fan because I'm a Vikings fan. And we suck, so I didn't really have a choice from birth. Nice. Born into misery. Congratulations. My dad did that to me with the hair genetics. So you kind of just have to live with the faults of your dad and what he passes down to you. Um, that is a nice little segue though. Uh, so we can dive into the lacrosse later. Yeah. You're good at face-offs, whatever, but I was really curious into your, uh, your high school football and wrestling career. For those that don't know, apparently you, you set the record for number of wrestling wins 
in your high school. Is that correct? Yeah, I said it. It also helped being that I was like started in seventh grade, another weird brag, but I basically was just collected forfeits. So, cause there was, I was 96 pounds and no other team had a weight class. So I got like <laughs> my literal, my hundredth win was a forfeit. <laughs> so hold on, let me, let me get this story straight. So you, I'm assuming your middle school, like you didn't have a middle school program. So you just like hopped onto the high school program as a 96 pounder. Yeah, exactly. And- if the school didn't have a 96 pounder, you would just collect forfeits. Um, like they literally just wouldn't have an entire guy on the roster that was 96 pounds. So they would literally make me weigh in. I was like 90 pounds. They would go, I would get my hand raised and walk off and just sit down on the back. <laughs> Happened like 20 times. Holy shit. That is the all time asterisk on any record that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, talk about participation trophy. I didn't know that you were a product of the soft millennial generation. <laughs> Prime example right there. God, that's Wait, crazy. how many wins? How many wins were forfeits? So of the like 200, honestly, probably like 40. No shit. <laughs> yeah, my 100 and 200 career wins were both forfeits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like a good wrestler though? I mean, I'm assuming you had to like take down state or something like that, or at least qualify. Yeah. I took fifth junior year and then third senior year, uh, senior year, I was beating the one seed and then got taken down with one second left in overtime. Oh, Jesus. So that, that's, that's, that sucked like really bad. Yeah. That's a tough, <laughs> uh, I actually grew up wrestling. So my dad who is, uh, stronger than your dad, he actually wrestled growing up. And so I come from a little bit of a wrestling background, so just to go off a little tangent, who's a better wrestler? You or Max Adler, you know, anything about his wrestling career? He always brings up like we should wrestle because we both wrestle. I was like, dude, we're not wrestling like ever. He's like, it's off some grapple. I was like, no, we're not like, what? I was like, we're already weird enough. To this is face off guys. Yeah. He always talks about how he was a wrestler, but then he was in like Florida, which doesn't like really have wrestling, but then he, did prep school, but he always talks about it. Like, I think it's every time it's like the second thing that gets brought up. It's like, how you been? Good. He's like, so you like wrestle recently? It's like, no, not at all. <laughs> so Max, by the way, he's a huge fan. Like he's the first person to like send notes over from like, we'll release a podcast and I'll text me and be like, dude, like I love this specific part. <laughs> so like, you know that he's listening. So he's definitely listening to that. And Max, I, I actually uh, jokingly challenged him in like an old outlaws group chat to like a wrestling match for charity he won't fucking drop it he like every time we talk he's like dude like when are we going to do the wrestling match for charity and i'm like max buddy i i'm not sure i was serious i think i was just drunk like firing shit into the group <laughs> chat so i'm glad that i'm not the only guy that max is really weird about wrestling so he takes it so personal it's like a shot of his manhood <laughs> <laughs> well uh congrats on the bronze medal that's uh that's that's rather impressive um <laughs> And then other notes. So you were a high school football player. What positions and, and were you a, uh, were you had a decent career there? Um, yeah, I was, so I was a junior. I didn't play at all until the state quarters. And then, uh, and then our cornerback got hurt and I had to go cover like the three time New York state player of the year who now <laughs> Browns and he had like 300 receiving yards. So that was horrible. But then senior year, I was pretty good. I was like running back and strong safety and like did some, punt and kick returns but I was like I was pretty I started like senior year but junior year I just had like the worst experience ever went and got shredded up and then we lost it was just like the worst day who was uh who was that player that torched you 
Um, Spencer Carlson. He was like from Jamestown. He literally mossed me. Like the first play I went in, one-handed catch, just got mossed in the back of the end zone. And I come off the field. <laughs> the like, well, it can't get any worse. And it got way worse. Like, way worse. <laughs> Well, uh, the, you know, big reason that I ask is, um, just because we are really diving into the Photoshop game. So we're going to try and whip up some promos regarding you getting mossed. Um, <laughs> do you have any plans to play in college? Uh, yeah. If Notre Dame's got any spots. I, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't think that's really a special breed of athletes. So yeah. we can, we can just move right <laughs> on from that question. Uh, <laughs> And then, sorry, uh, I'll let Evan talk here in a second because I'm just hogging all the questions. Um, <laughs> you are a member of your chess club, and this is something I actually want to challenge you in because chess is like my favorite thing, and I don't have any chess playing buddies. Um, are you a good player? Yeah, I was. Um, so basically, I was very bad at school in high school, but I was like good at chess, and the stats teacher was like the chess coach. So he's like, I'll give you an A if you play chess. And I was like, all right, sign me up. So I just played chess and math class. Like What's your rating? Rating, like a 1270. Oh, I thought you were good. Um, no. Wait, what's yours? I'm a 1600. Oh, damn. So you're like really good. Yeah, yeah. I studied. I did the I did the rite of passage and I'm pretty good at it. Just like you, I, I was never the best in school, but chess always made me feel a lot smarter than I am. So it's it's a fun little thing. And by the way, you don't uh, you don't have to tell us that you weren't great in school. You could, I mean, you went to Albany, so we kind of put the put the puzzle pieces together there. <laughs> um, but sorry, that'll, that'll be my only Albany chirp. I had a I won a chess tournament three times in a row. And like from fifth to seventh grade, and I'm realizing that I probably suck at chess. I, I might be the worst chess player on this podcast right now. As you should. Setting. Luckily, it's really exciting Fuck. to hear three lacrosse dudes talk about chess. I think that's going to really resonate with everybody. I'm going to practice. <laughs> well, we talked about tennis last time, so. <laughs> yeah, just Breaking slowly mental chipping sweat. off, chipping off the white, uh, you know, the white guy stuff, chess and tennis. Um <laughs> All right. So real quick, we'll just dive into the recruiting a little bit. So we had blaze on the podcast and he was telling us how big of a legend Scotty Mar is. Can you walk through a little bit about just like how you wound up there and like your first interactions and just like the general, uh, the general recruiting process. Yeah. So, so basically I visited a bunch of places and they all told me I wasn't very good, which was pretty fair. Cause I was like tiny. Um, but then I showed up to Albany. <laughs> My first impression with Coach Mar was horrible. I was sitting down in the office day. The assistants tour me. Coach Mar just like hangs out, walks in in like his sandals and like t-shirt and shorts. Like asked me my name, doesn't ask me like what position I play. And it was right after the year. I think you guys had beat him and just like uh, which one? Shoot that. Good The Hofstra year. And so he basically was just talking he's like we got to get rid of face-offs it's just absolutely ridiculous like went on like a 30 minute rant about it and then he was just like yeah so like what position you play i was like yeah i'm like a face-off guy and he's like oh yeah well, you can still get rid of it like they didn't like try to backtrack or anything so i was like oh and then like he leaves another coach was like yeah he's awesome i was like sounds it like you told me he hates my position but then but then other than that though he was like an absolute legend like he would always like call like Whenever we'd have like we big brag here, one state senior year, he like hit up me and Pat, another kid on my team, Patrick Barrow, and he's like, he's like, make sure you guys are safe tonight, but like really enjoy this one, like you earned it, like you know, he was like oh, just a legend, like he was, he was like basically like one of your friends, and like he's he's the best. 
he's like the nicest human ever. Um, trying to think. Recruiting wise, though, the only time I've ever seen him get like really, really mad was we were freshmen and we had our 2017 class come up for their official visit. And Tohoka was a huge recruit. And on their official visit, three of them got arrested. Tohoka got lost on the public bus system and like missed his <laughs> back to Florida. And like he had to call Coach Mart like five in the morning and be like, hey, like remember that? Like the biggest recruit we've ever had come here. Like he's lost on the public bus right now in downtown Albany. <laughs> <laughs> who who was his host you it was no it was chauncey i think it was no it was jacob patterson and like he wasn't going out or something like that so i was stuck with like five guys and i was just terrible at managing my guys <laughs> <laughs> all got in trouble just the worst that was the worst i never got a recruit after that as i deserved to well, that's almost a badge of honor. They should have, t- you know, stuck you with more recruits. I always hated having to show someone around. They were like, hey, Nick, this guy is plays football. You guys should talk about football. And then you get the hard-o recruit that, like, asks how much you bench and you hope he gets lost. Sounds like you actually gave your guys a hell of a story. Yeah. They all, they all I was, I was a, I was a one-and-done, too. Actually, my <laughs> the kid who came on my official that I was the host for actually decommitted from Syracuse after <laughs> – he threw up in my bed, then he threw up at practice the next day watching us, and then he decommitted. So, <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of his. He just pukes all over you and then leaves. What a what a stunt. He also threw. We we're we we're playing a like very intense like two hand touch but tackle football game, and he was like, "Let me get one rep at quarterback," and threw a pick six. So everyone was like, "Fuck this kid." Uh, <laughs> so that's probably why he decommitted. Honestly, he threw a what pick a six loser. to a D end. <laughs> oh my god what a loser. well put some coaches on blast so obviously you've had a relatively successful career which one of the coaches were like oh you know you're not good enough like anybody you want to throw under the bus right now yeah, or are you I like playing the good guy card no no it's i already know i already know what he's gonna say yeah, <laughs> i was on my visit and one of their coordinators won't put him that much on blast he was literally like he's like he's like just gonna be honest with you here i don't think you're athletic enough to play lacrosse at this level let alone at a steam program like Syracuse and I was like we it was like the end of our meeting and I was like we walk out and I was like well that was horrible like I like <laughs> it was like the, like literally said and the thing was like I played Orange Crush which as Evan knows is literally like Syracuse yeah. guys from the program so I was like I was clearly going to see them again but I was like all right tell me how you really feel like yeah you're super <laughs> was that one where yeah so you don't want to tra- you you transfer there now <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, you're not transferring there now <laughs> jamie's jamie's been making a tough push for it but they yeah rick beardsley too he gave me a call and i was like all right this is he was making a tough push in only a rick beardsley manner too yeah can you please just share a little bit of insight like. can you please share a little bit about the rick beardsley call not throwing yeah. him under the bus he's a good guy i just pissed him off on twitter but i'd really kind of like to hear more about that call his like his like confidence is so incredible like he literally his first thing he started with he's like you go anywhere and be a legend he's like things haven't changed look at who's been the best at lacrosse for the last 30 years he's like you're legend accused and you're an actual legend and i was like i like there's other good teams with good like program i was just like i was like all right like and he was just basically like he's like if you go to Houston, he's like your god status and i was like i don't think I'm god status if i'm good anywhere like like i don't think that's how it works that's putting a lot of chips in the lacrosse basket like coach 
lacrosse you can't really solidify yourself as a legend regardless but i like that you're throwing the word around very very liberally yeah but no so he was basically like <laughs> yeah he was uh he was just so sold on like syracuse and then like but his unwavering confidence he's like we don't really need you but like we'll take you i guess but like if you want to be like <laughs> i'm here so it's just all over the map i was like so do you want me to come or just like trying to flex on me right now but i was like all right i also get it because like he has accomplished a lot so you know like you you're like warranted but it was just his confidence was unwavering the whole thing and i was like sometimes i'll say stuff i'll be like you know what that makes sense and then i'll like get off the phone i was like all right like you're still like kind of a legend if you go anywhere i guess relative like in the lacrosse world i don't know <laughs> it sounds like the recruiting process for syracuse is just a shit show from start to finish you're he's not, not even a coach <laughs> <laughs> he's not a coach he's just an alumni fucking confusing td on the phone we got we got to get these guys reel them in well, co- well <laughs> I control your i should have made that get call your shit together as, a, as an i thought this group. was i thought this was the pitch for the transferring and now it's now it's all fucked up because beardsley got on the phone <laughs> yeah good good um, well, I'm curious because again, Blaze gave us a little bit of insight into uh, just like into Albany, and don't throw yourself under the bus here because like you're still in college and everything. But like, what was the biggest like culture shock going from high school to college? And we'll say like both on and off the field. And you yeah. can you can say off the field, you can take that wherever you want. Um, yeah. So I guess like on the field, like obviously like high school practice you guys know like you do nothing especially like face-off guys like I was the only face-off guy on my team so like I would just literally just hang out on scout man up and stuff like do nothing and then our first day of practice coach Mark gets out there with the practice plan and just rips it up and he's like all right we're scrimmaging and it was literally all the freshmen versus everyone and we had to have lost 40-0 like we got obliterated (laughs) First face-off, Adam Osika just lit me up, and he's, like, the nicest guy ever and literally apologized. He's like, hey, are you okay? I was like, well, you're, like, secretary and just ran through me. So, no. Not <laughs> well. and so, just, like, on the field-wise, just, like, you it's like you think you're good, and then you go and just everyone's a stud and, like, way better than you. And I was, like – I think I was, like, 160 pounds. So, like, I was just getting, like, lit up. But it was good. Honestly, I kind of – I got forfeits going back to like wrestling forfeits. I was the only healthy Albany Fogo. So I literally got to start in the scrimmages by default in the fall. So I'm just getting participation ribbons like all the way, all the way through everything. <laughs> yeah. What, the, what is your percentage in college? If you know, nobody jumps off site, you're, you know, I'm just going to start looking into your stats. Cause I feel like everybody's just giving you all these fucking awards. So we'll take a <laughs> dive into that, but Good for uh, Osika to, to truck you and kind of at least attempt to keep you humble. Also, when um, – and y- this might be a personal question. When did you hit puberty if you're 160 going into college? And what are you now? Uh, I'm 190 now, but, like, I'm still waiting on puberty. I still think I'm growing – I'm still <laughs> for six feet. I'm still waiting on it. <laughs> Wait. Oh, God. Nick's hair is going to grow back too. Yeah, you'll hit puberty, my hair will grow back, and Evan will have a bigger penis here soon. We're all, you know, come Christmas next year, catch us back. So, all right. Who was the best player that you played with at Albany? But it can't be like the the standard, oh, you know, Connor Fields was awesome. Like, who was the GOAT? Hidden gem. Yeah, hidden gem. All right. Well, like, Troy Ray was good, but like he just he's like you love him, but he's so goddamn annoying. Like you can't yeah, I know. You can't give him the clout. So 
He looks like Clancy, Jafar. Clancy was phenomenal. And I love McClancy was so good and like the best kid ever. Um, hidden gems, JD Calarusa, obviously a stud, Osika good. Bergmasters were like the most underrated kids in college lacrosse. Like I'll take that to my grave. I just think there's and they're like they're the best Lake Placid lacrosse players I've ever seen too. So that like really elevates them for me. You didn't play yeah. with uh, John Maloney, did you? No, I missed him by a year. He's a, him and Mitch Rupp were Victor guys though. Dude, he is nasty. I played a year with him on the Bayhawks. He's disgusting. Uh, I'm going to Matt Bertram's wedding this summer. Um, so I think you might've just missed him too. Yeah, but they're uh, always back. Those, they were studs though. They had like so many good two-way middies. They were just like freak athletes. Yeah, yeah it's a I shame they lost two times in a year. <laughs> two times in a row to Notre Dame, whatever. Um, what were you saying, Evan? It was it two times in a row. Yeah, back to back years. We eliminated we eliminated like the dream team in that game in Hofstra. Um, and then we eliminated the dream team again. And I've never been more hated as a member of any lacrosse team than eliminating the Thompson brothers. Like it's a shitty matchup. We were like, I we don't even want to win. We're like fucking boring. We want to run into them in like the championship. And it was like, oh, you know, the the run and gun, wheeling, backhand, behind the back, awesome style of Albany versus like the fundamental approach you know, fucking Indiana basketball. So that was, that was a tough matchup. We always hated playing you guys. Yeah. I think we, we beat them in the playoffs a year after in 2016. So the post game podcast eliminated Albany lacrosse three years in a row. Yeah. Shit. That's a good stat. Yeah. Good for us. Um, <laughs> it's ruining my debut at Albany too, Evan. That was, that was sucks. Yeah. I remember that was a good game. For everyone except me, I got absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a tough that's a tough assignment. I feel yeah. like you played you played well towards the towards the end though. Maybe, Maybe. not. No. <laughs> what did not. you have to go against Ben Williams or something? Yeah, yeah. I literally walked out and I still haven't hit puberty, but I was like looking <laughs> and looking at me and I was like, oh, this is gonna be like the worst day ever, and it was the worst day of like ever, <laughs> it, like. <laughs> Winning the whole game and just I couldn't win a face off. I got like four procedures. I got rocked by Ben Williams. Then he chirped me so hard. It was like and I was not used to chirping. So my response was something I was like, Well, I'm a freshman, so I like hope you would do that. And I was like, Oh boy, that was horrible. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> through chirping, like playing, like everything. I black, like it was just terrible performance all through and through. Are you not a <laughs> chirper? I had to develop it after the whole Kevin Durant stent, you know, going to Yale. I had to learn to stick up for myself. But at that point, I was not a chirper at all. High school, I would just say nothing. You and became then, a very gritty shit talker at Yale. That's a pretty, pretty big story. Yeah. <laughs> the Yale kids are good. The Yale kids are good shit talkers. They're, yeah, they're fish. I, yeah, I know a ton of those kids. They're fucking mean. Yeah, <laughs> but, they're, but it's Yale. Like, that's <laughs> – we never played them. But – uh, I, my least favorite player to go against, it's been two face-off guys. One is Trevor Baptiste because he doesn't say anything to you. I've talked about like how you, I try to rattle him and I say the meanest shit and he just runs off the field knowing he's going to kick my ass. And then Ben Williams, I hated that motherfucker in college because <laughs> he would win the clamp and then it'd be a 50, 50 and whoever got the ground ball, he's talking shit. Like we would win the face-off and he'd say like, you know, you lost that clamp, you pussy. And I'm like, I have the ball. Like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Um, is is he? Quick side tangent. Is he a good dude off the field? Like, would would I enjoy getting beers with him? He's like the nicest kid ever. No, I'm shocked he's not. he like. I'm shocked he chirped. 
like genuinely like can't believe that he was chirping you guys. That's crazy because he was like one of the biggest dickhead faceoff guys I ever played against. I don't know, TD, if you would. Yeah, have been, but... I could see him. Yeah, I could see him doing like cheap shots and stuff like that. Like maybe a little like butt end to the gut or something, but nothing like outlandish. He he's the nicest guy off the off the field. Just well, like golden child, doesn't do anything wrong. I didn't get that impression, but it's all right. We'll yeah, see. there goes that narrative <laughs> for us. Yeah, well, you guys, yeah, you guys probably know him better than I do, but. we'll we'll go with you guys (laughs) all right uh when did you know that you were going to transfer from albany and did it have anything to do with yale being one of the best schools in the country um yeah so like original plan was my brother is going to he's at cornell so i thought i was going to go play with them um but honestly i probably knew i was going to transfer like mid-year at albany i was just i don't know why i was so miserable in like we we're good so it didn't really make sense but mainly it was just like education wise and my parents are like both teachers so super big on like education in this household sick brag yeah it's, 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 <laughs> i don't even have a response <laughs> but, uh, still yeah. sucks at chirping <laughs> still, bad. still bad at chirping um but yeah, so no, the plan just was like, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go finish out this year, like have a live it up and then go to Cornell and like get a degree. So yeah, that was the plan. And then that transfer process did not get swept under the rug. Like I thought it would at all. Like sometimes I feel like you just hear people pop up and there's like, oh yeah, they're going to like, like kids going to like Duke for like grad year or something. And all of a sudden yeah. mine was, couldn't be the more opposite, like at all. <laughs> it was just like, all right. But no, yeah, it was yeah, so what like yeah. how did that exactly work? Was the portal a thing? And like did you enter the portal and then everybody just freaked out or was it like just word of mouth? Yeah, no, so I was a pre-portal guy. I literally missed it by like a day. Like literally, so you had to go, it was back in the day you had to go and ask for a release. And so I we my brother just played in like his I don't know, it was some cross game. I woke up, I like text coach tomorrow, I was like, Hey coach, can I come in and meet with you tomorrow? And it was like, we had just lost in like the semis like a week ago. He's like, yeah, sure. It is like 9 a.m. work. I was like, yeah. So I get up at like six, drive to Albany, have to ask for my release and everything. And it's just like the most pain. This is like the hardest conversation ever, especially with Coach Marlowe. He's always such a nice and fun loving guy. And as you can imagine, he was a little, a little upset with me. So, uh, so that was tough. But then, um, yeah, but that was just word of mouth throughout like the next couple, like, weeks um i got my release and then like literally i got my release at three o'clock and as like my phone hit three like coach shay called me and he was kind of like he starts <laughs> off he starts off hey this is coach shay from uh yale it's like yeah i'm aware you guys just absolutely destroyed us in the semifinals like <laughs> forget it it was like 12 to 1 in the first quarter like yeah i know who you are and so <laughs> but yeah no he was so then he started talking to me and basically John D'Angelis, the captain would not leave me alone. Like I was going to get a restraining order against him pretty soon. Like it was like (laughs) 20 text messages a day. He's like, you got to visit, you got to visit. I was like, I think I'm all set with Cornell. And then like, I was just like, all right, I guess I'll visit. And then coach Shea was just the man. So that's big reason I went there was because coach Shea. One of my favorite. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say one of my favorite narratives was always like, you know, TD enters the well, not enters like he's getting ready to transfer. Where is he going to wind up? Like, why would he leave Albany to go to Yale? And I just remember looking around like, fucking really? Is nobody going to like say, hey, that's like the greatest decision you could make from a from a degree standpoint? Like, the only sport where people would question transferring from Albany to Yale 
like lacrosse or like really he's leaving coach Mara this and that. And I was like, everybody, if you can't understand at least a little bit, why, what the hell are we doing? So props on you for doing that. Um, Evan, what were you going to ask? I was going to ask about like the experience of like getting recruited with coach Shea. And then I'm sure you guys are like pretty close, but I always hear he's like an awesome dude. And he, he like, my buddy's probably four years removed from, from school now, Harry Kacharzik. And he like texts him all the time. So I'm just curious, like what he's like as a person. Cause you don't really hear too much about it. Oh, you know, Harry Kacharzik's a legend. Coach? He's, yeah, he's, he's like my the, best friend. He's like the face of the Yale alumni. Like, way, yeah. too, way <laughs> too involved, but, like, we still love him. Um, no, <laughs> but, no, Coach Shea is, like, he's awesome and, like, definitely demands, like, respect. But, like, the, he's, like, very smart. And, like, any other coach, like, I feel like 99% of coaches, like, they'll be like, what were you doing on this play? Like, I don't know, I'll work harder. And, like, he'll ask you that question. And then you're just like, I don't know. He's like, well, what do you mean you don't like he'll like it's like I wasn't really prepared for a follow up question, coach. Like I was just telling to tell you something you want. But like so he definitely like demands respect, but he's like the best dude ever. Like he he's like so genuine and like he gets so happy for like people's success, like unlike anyone I've ever seen. And he's also just like hilarious. Like it's just his little like tangents he'll go on or just I don't know why like I, I guess I'm exposing this a little bit, but every year will lose a really bad game like Yale always drops a bad game and he always breaks a printer like always like (laughs) and then like if it's a kid's fault like if a kid who's played horrible or just was terrible he like makes him come and clean up the broken printer in front of him (laughs) and he just asks him it's like why'd you break that he's just like he's just like oh you're not gonna ask me why I broke the printer and it's just like but it was just it's like in the moment it sucks for that kid but all of us are just laughing because we think it's so funny yeah but yeah <laughs> he's legend. he's he's the absolute he's the best and he's like he still stays in touch like it's not spreading like cooch like he talks to like all the alumni so much still and like they we get so many at our games and stuff it's i mean it's yeah. all to him like he's just he's a legend yeah that's a great program and they all say like the same thing about him i haven't heard a bad thing about him where you know, every other program, I feel like someone will say something negative about their coach here and there, but it seems like the end of the bench to the starters all love that guy. Yeah. Yale was one of the first schools that gave me a look. They asked for my SAT scores and I sent them and I never heard back from them. So what could have been? <laughs> I could have been a guy picking up a broken printer off of the floor after dropping <laughs> one. And uh, and now I'll never get to have that experience. So kind of missing out. Um what was uh, I am curious about this, just like in, in a difference between Albany and Yale, not necessarily related to on the field. What was the biggest difference like off the field, Wh- whether it was going out, whether it was academics, whether it was like just general on campus culture? Because I never have, I've never been to either one of those schools. So I'm always really curious of like how truly big of a difference is between Albany and Yale. Yeah. Um. So like <laughs> Albany is like, Evan, you ever been to Albany? Like, you actually no because you guys they would always play at the dome can't go outside no, we, we've never been yeah yeah so albany's campus is 99 percent concrete like literally just completely concrete and horrible <laughs> horrible like and you don't see the sun so it's like pretty depressing there um but yeah no so and then when so we're at albany like the people like you live downtown so it's like 15 20 minutes away at yale you literally all live like right next to each other whether you're in like the residential colleges like the dorms and you're in like or you're at like the house and so you're always right to you're always right next to like everyone so you're always like 
So if like, if we're going out, like everyone's there like early and often and like the whole team's there and you like, you don't really have an excuse not to like be there. I mean, you can, if you don't want to, but then like, that's no fun at all, but. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's a pretty, it's like what, like six, 7,000 kids or something. Yeah. Right around there. And it, so, is like, the whole campus designed where you just walk everywhere. Like you're, when you say it's right there, is that everything within walking distance, even like the off campus housing and shit like that? Yeah. Like we literally, we live on Lake place and sick. Bro. Our, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. It's kind of, it's our, it's our dump, but we, um, but literally our, where we lift our gym is right next door. Like it's across the street. Like we can see it. And then like on the other side is where like the, a lot of like the freshmen and sophomores live. So like we all live, like you don't take like an Uber or anything. You walk the entire campus, which is oh, pretty nice. nice. I feel like yeah. we all were uh, similar, like completely miserable winters is the one thing that we all have in common. People sleep on South Bend winters, but the permacloud, everything getting freezing. And that was the thing that I just feel really missed out on Notre Dame is if you wanted to live close to campus, it was relatively expensive. So you had to live not within walking distance, especially when it was the winter. And I don't know about Yale, but like South Bend is kind of the hood if you walk in a certain direction. So pe- yeah, New Haven, dude. <laughs> New, Haven. Yeah, it's- New Haven's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really, really Look, bad. I don't know. I haven't been there. Yeah, no. it's like it's notorious, like bad area, but yeah, it's, it's own little bubble. <laughs> Albany was I got to not- say, I yeah, I, I visited Yale a few times and it's a great time. You guys definitely have definitely have fun despite like I was fully expecting you to say that Yale is a much better time than Albany. I could I could definitely see that. I have a blast every time I went. Yeah, I mean it's uh, I can't take sides, but it's a it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Yale is Yale it's a little bit it's built better to have fun. We'll say put it that way, I guess. Is there, Toad, that's a good answer. Is Toads a top ten college bar? So Toads on Wednesday nights, I would put up against any college bar, but we only go there on Wednesday. <laughs> Why only so we call Wednesdays? penny drinks it's like you literally you'll go up of the kids who are of age will go up to the bar nice save (laughs) yeah Yeah. look at this kid he's a pro (laughs) they'll be like they'll be like oh we'll do like we'll literally be like can we do 25 like of us we'll be like can we do 25 beverages and they're like all right we need to see 25 hands and you literally look behind and you just tell everyone and they shoot their hands off and you just have like 25 people and you give them like three bucks and then like and then you'll go and you'll tip them like nice at the end of the night but it's literally like you drink for like you drink for free drink of choice whatever you choose whatever you choose you know so then uh it's like so fun on wednesday nights and thursday i mean thursday lifts are tough sometimes but you get you get Those are are the true bonding moments is so at Notre Dame, uh, you know, every football game is is a huge tailgate and a huge production in its own. Um, And this is before I was on the team, by the way. So everything is a huge production. The, the, the town of South Bend triples in population every home football game because everybody floods in and then fucks off on Sundays. And to make sure like it would be like a 230 kickoff. And coach would have us have 9 a.m. practices on Saturday morning to make sure that we weren't boozing all day. And it sounds like your Thursday morning lifts were our Saturday morning practices where you are truly miserable. 
And it's really kind of the collective misery and just everybody breathing booze on their breath that uh, that brings the teams together. I've, I've always said that the party culture of a team will dictate how far you can get in May. And every good team, I feel like, has that, oh, shit, you know, somebody had to go throw up in the bathroom during the lift and then got right back after it. So I'm glad that Yale has that culture because I still judge you as an Ivy League hobnob in school having like wine and cigars and tuxedos. So it's good to know that you have penny drinks. Yeah, it's the little things, little things. I think uh, Virginia disproved that theory that you just had, though, because I'm pretty sure they had a dry season and won the national championship last year or two years ago. <laughs> Did they have a dry season? Because first off, they didn't. Yeah. No way. They had a dry season. Yeah, okay. But, hey, they didn't have any fun, so who cares? <laughs> it wasn't even fun to win. Really? Would you rather have a dry season and win the Natty or not and have the worst season? I'm probably taking the worst season. Like, give me a fucking break. You're in yeah, college. You can't I mean, I'd probably break. rather be, I'd rather be TD and just lose the national championship, I guess. Yeah. Hey, yeah. easy chirping, losing national championships. That's Notre Dame. Never been. Ball. Yeah. I was just saying, would you guys make it out like the first round? The quarters, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Congrats. When the Towson team who would have beaten like anyone that day, they were like the best lacrosse team. Yeah. Ever. Fuck that. Whoa, 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 we're making fun of you, not us. Come on. Yeah, hey, 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 keep this on you. <laughs> Real quick on that game, because we played after you and got beat even worse than you guys did. <laughs> but I remember walking out, and Jamie's like my good friend from home. I literally walk out to him getting thrown by, uh, was it like? Jack Adams. Uh, Jack Adams. Jack just Adams, talked. the giant guy, yeah. And then they just throw him. I was like, that's a bad start. And then they went down and just had the best shot ever. Like, literally every <laughs> shot ever. And I was like, that's that's a bad omen for today. And it was a really yeah. bad omen because it was we got they kind of killed us. Yeah, that so, was a tough uh, tough weekend for the Upstate boys. Yeah. Did not Maryland, show out. Maryland stuck it to us. I love it. Evan, uh, Evan's two most famous clips, him doing the, uh, the, that's the John wall. And then him getting absolutely fucking sniped. <laughs> Congrats on John the wall was against Yale. Was it? Oh, Yale. that's right. That's right. All right. So wait real quick. Your, your brother's a, a goalie at Cornell, right? Yeah. yeah Is goalie. he better than Evan? I don't know. I, Never beat Evan, but I beat my brother. So maybe I don't know. <laughs> Let's go. No, that's, that's the opposite answer. of what I needed to Let's hear. Let's go. Oh. Nice. All right. He's still young though. He's got plenty of time left. He's uh, gonna- yeah, I mean, he starts. He starts at a fre- as a freshman on a top five program. I don't think I made a save my entire freshman year in practice. So we'll <laughs> say he's better. <laughs> he's he's. I actually he was always like a big recruit too. This. So we were up at Placid going to uh, Wise Guys, good establishment. Um. Great establishment. Great establishment, as you guys know. Um, I've never been. That you're missing out. Then that's the yeah. It's the <laughs> best place ever. Okay. Um, anyways. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why this is a tangent, but I just love this story. So we're walking to Wise Guys. It's after my sophomore year, so I just got done like transferring to Yale and stuff. This kid comes up. He's like, "Oh, you're like the Erlen kid, right?" And I was like, "Yeah." And like, I'm with Jamie and a couple of buddies. Like, "Oh, like great. Like, here we go, hot shot." And uh. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're like the Under Armour All-American. I was like, no, it wasn't that. He's like, the really good goalie from Victor? And I was like, oh, that's my brother, Chase. He's like, oh, he's like, what's your name? I was like, TD. He's like, so do you play lacrosse or anything? I was like, I guess not. Like, <laughs> literally, it was just, uh, it was just horrible. 
You play lacrosse. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope you didn't tell him that story. Say, <laughs> it was just so tough. Yeah, no, I did, a little humility, you know. Yeah, your brother has yeah. the clout. So much more clout. <laughs> All right, should we get to the the big the big uh, reveal? Are we revealing this on the podcast or what, TD? I mean, if uh, I'm not into school yet, but I mean, I guess it's, yeah, I guess this is the reveal. Yo, let's go. Oh, here we go. We're breaking news left and right. All right. So why don't you, why don't you tell our millions of listeners uh, where your choice to go to school next year is, or this season, sorry. Yeah. So still some things that could fall through, but I'm uh, really trying to go to Denver. I'm like, that's the spot I want to go finish out with some Yale guys and you know, do it, do it with those guys, especially for Coach Shea, especially looking like Ivy League's not going to have a season or anything. So go to DU, get to play for Coach Tierney and stuff like that. So I think that uh, that's kind of the decision. I'm almost 90, 95% sure. Just have to, like, get through some formalities of transferring and whatnot, some waivers. God damn it, TD. Why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why why denver and i and first off um yeah well uh we had eric law on i got some good buddies in denver i'm i'm looking over denver right now in my apartment so it's good because i'll be able to come and buy you a beer but fuck man give us give us a little insight into the thought process because i'm a little hurt um so jackson and lucas promised to do like triple bunk beds and no one else offered that (laughs) (laughs) triple bunk beds but you're all sleeping in the same mattress huh exactly yeah i don't know how it's gonna work logistically but they promised no one else could match that offer so (laughs) well let me ask this so we'll dive into actually why but did you consider notre dame because you have to go up against the the legacy of baptiste now so there's very little chance that you'll be like oh who's that denver face-off legend it's gonna be (laughs) baptiste if you had one season at notre dame notre dame face-off guys have historically sucked ass you could have been the notre dame face-off legend for all eternity why didn't you go to notre dame i I don't know i like there's a couple guys in there i talked to the coach um but I mean, they got Kyle Gallagher, so they're all set for this year. So oh, they're like, yeah. They're like, except when they play Denver. <laughs> yeah, I was like, shut the fuck up. We're all set except for one fucking game against Denver. Like, we need more experience going against Denver when they have an unreal faceoff guy. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I talked to him. You know, offer to walk on football spot, but they said it. They said it's tough. It's tough to live up to the reputation right now by the dual sporters at ND. Yeah, it is. You could have gotten clapped in two national championships. So, <laughs> so yeah. I don't want you to slander uh, the Syracuse program more than you already have, but I did think we had a good shot at you um, because you just have so many buddies on there. So is that like a hard decision at all since you had like another opportunity to play with Jamie and, and those guys? I know you're pretty close with a lot of the guys on the team. Yeah, no, I like – I actually I love Jamie's class too. I feel like I hang out with them so much sometimes. It's like they'll text me when they come to school to hang out and say Jamie because he's not as fun. Weird brag. <laughs> uh, no, it's very so, true. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm a little bit more outgoing. He's a little bit more focused. Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, that's no, my locker buddies. <laughs> oh really? I'm so sorry. I had to deal yeah. with how much he's so much hair product that kid uses. Never seen him without. Yeah. It. The fuck is hair? Great hair though. Yeah. <laughs> hair. Um. Yeah. Wait. Also, by the way, this quick. Does he ever like talk about like how he was a quarterback in high school? Is that like a thing? Like he always like yeah, I was like quarterback in well, high school. No. I mean, he, uh, just- he doesn't. But 
probably because I was only there when he was a freshman, so he probably didn't want to brag so much about high school sports, especially to me because I would have busted his balls for it. But he probably talks about it now. <laughs> uh, Peter Durth, always, who's a legend, always brings it up. He's like, yeah, Jamie always says he was like QB1. And I was like, Jamie, we were in literally like – we ran the ball every play except maybe two. Every <laughs> like the most run-heavy <laughs> offense ever. And he like never – we never trust him passing the ball. I think he still had like four picks on the year. We, he threw it like 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like his claim to fame is he's QB1. But we're like, dude, we're a run offense. <laughs> like get over yourself. <laughs> But yeah, no, nice little tangent. But yeah, no, I was thinking about, I mean, Cuse is home. Like, it's really close to home. It'd be so convenient for a lot of things. But honestly, just to like, for Coach Shea, like, he's done so much for me. And he's like, like, literally one of my, like, most influential, like, figures in my life. To have, like, to do it right for him, go finish it out with the Denver guys out, or the Yale guys out in Denver, Lucas and Jackson, especially two of my best buddies, like, it's kind of like I feel like yeah. I almost owe it, right? Like it's almost it's almost like Yale Yale of the West we're calling it, I guess sometimes. So, <sighs> <sighs> all right, I guess the I guess the West. good reason is any, but God damn it, that was just <laughs> I. You know, I always say like think of the haters, and I was hoping you were like going to give some bullshit answer, like oh, you know, I really like skiing, so I wanted to go to Denver. But to actually have a decent answer, I, I have to give you a little bit of props there, even though it's going to be really frustrating watching you guys play stall ball. Um, but you know what? We'll move on. Um, first off, what a, what a moment for this podcast. We get a break big news. We're going to make Ty Zanders credit us, which is our favorite thing to do. Um, <laughs> and now we'll just jump right in. Why do like the face-off – uh, like, why do the rules committee just hate Fogos and faceoffs so much? Like, what the fuck is their problem? And are you even good at the standing neutral grip? I sure hope so. I'm just like the biggest boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on it, but I don't really know. Like, we'll, I guess when we when I go out there, we'll see. Like, I always kind of wonder. My brother said to me, he's like, yeah, man, you go out to Denver and you're just like four string. And they're like, whatever happened? He's not eligible. Like, he's just soft now. Like, now. <laughs> Hope I'm good. We'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. They really like hate us. I don't really know what like a face-off guy did to piss them off, but like every year it's like, yeah, we hate it. And I was like, why do you hate? It? I was like, it's like if you're changing it for like two guys, it was like you're changing it for like two like five nine five ten guys that like aren't super athletic. Like that's what it took to like change the game. Like me who like waddles mm-hmm. around, like a guy like Gerard and Gale <laughs> who like what like that's what it took like. <laughs> I was like someone better didn't have to come along. Like that's what like- I never understood is especially with the turnover at the college level, like the worst case scenario is one team dominates the face off X for four years. And then they, you know, fucking graduate and recover. And especially like with the face off position is if you are a freshman and you look at like, you know, Baptiste freshman year or something, you know, you're not going to get playing time for three years. So it's not like one team is going to have the entire face-off demographic, you know, buckled, dialed in from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No. So is the position going to, is the position going to die? Are they going to have Fogos in like three years? I hope so. Like I got so <laughs> many like mom emails of like 10 year old kids and like kids like, in high school, they're like, you ruined face-offs. My kid's been doing it for 12 years. I was like, yeah, you know what? I've been doing it longer than that. I'm not happy. Like, <laughs> like I finally figured it out. Like, I thought I found something that I was, like, pretty good at. And then, like, uh, yeah, it sucks for me, too. Like, sorry. Like, Wait, no, you, I, got hate, you got hate mail about the rule change? 
I got hate mail. It's like so much hate mail. <laughs> so many. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what you want me to like. I'm sorry. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I haven't won national title or anything. So, like, I, I didn't do well enough, I thought, but too well to screw everyone over. But, Every summer, TD, TD gets hate mail for a new reason. Transferring, yeah, exactly. changing the rules. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's walk through two scenarios. One, why didn't you just go full Kevin Durant super squad, go to Duke, and then just be, like, actually the most hated man in America? Uh, I already had, like, used up all the Kevin Durant memes, and I think, like, like if there's one thing, I think I'm going to be the most, like, memed college lacrosse player of all time. Between, like, the KD and, like, the Bold Snake move. Yeah, as of right now, yeah. you know, yeah. and relative for guys who transferred from Albany to Yale to Denver, like probably the most memed. <laughs> memed guy like that, so. Relative. Um, well, we're going to meme this shit out of you, so just get ready. <laughs> that's why I came on. Um, yeah, uh, I the Denver, like, or Duke reached out to someone like indirectly and like asked about it, and it was like, I think they're pretty all full. They got like 12 faceoff guys, I think, on the roster. Like, that's obviously an exaggeration. I think they literally have like six to eight. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. so you guys don't have any money left or anything. But it seemed cool. I was talking to Michael Sowers a lot during the uh, during the summer, and he was always asking, like, oh, we should, like, go somewhere and, like, do it big, like, all of us together. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And, like, meanwhile, I kind of knew, like, the whole time I was allowed back at Yale. And, I mean, maybe it's just karma, like, just biting me in the ass that, like, I just didn't <laughs> – I wasn't up front with them that I could go back and now look at me. I'm just still, now I'm screwed again. So. <laughs> yeah. You really fucked yourself going to Denver. I mean, life's life's so tough. Um, well, and Don't if, you guys have a game in, in four days, isn't there a Denver uh, game in four days? Yeah. They, there's a game. There's, there's, a, <laughs> there's still a lot of hurdles. So remember that 99% chance there's like a lot of hurdles coming with that. It's a big 1% hurdle coming up mid-season pickup yeah yeah i i'm I'm gonna be playing for denver very likely uh i'm doing this in i'm doing this interview in rochester and denver's first game is in four days (laughs) (laughs) oh and the worst part is is you're just gonna cakewalk and go 80 percent, and just i'm just gonna say what the fuck um and if you're not gonna go full kevin durant why didn't you go to like a a a canisius or a detroit mercy and truly embrace the grind mentality were you scared of that route so i had a call with a coach with school going named but they don't have the best of track records what school is this uh it's an upstate school (laughs) buffalo area (laughs) (laughs) so that should narrow it down but they're basically selling point to me was like yeah you've done the whole like national championship game and like final four thing but let's get here and like hopefully we can win a game together and i was like i was like in like <laughs> make make a quarterfinal and a final four run and i was like look like i i don't score or play defense or like anything like that so i don't think i'm that important where it's gonna make that big of a difference <laughs> Yeah, so it was just that was the selling point. Was like, let's make a run at this. I was like, look, man, I got like five career points. Like, I'm not. It's, <laughs> like, you win the game by scoring goals. Like, as much as like as I like to think faceoffs are important. Like, yeah, I, we you need Jackson Morrill and like Jeff T. <laughs> so you win a hundred percent of faceoffs to lose fourteen to three. That would be the best game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Yeah, we did UMBC. That was like the closest ever that happened. We lost by like six, and I think I was like twenty three or twenty four. And we lost to UMBC at Albany as number one, like 
11 to 5 or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we got we got two more big questions. I'll ask the first one, and I'll let Evan take the second one. You versus Baptiste, 10 face-offs with the new rules right now. What's uh, How does that go down? New rules? I, I don't know. I don't even know if I'm going like, to suck at these. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll go five. We That's what we did split when we played, so I'll go five. What about yeah? Because you you played against them, and I remember they got Greg Beast, and everybody started blowing themselves about the faceoff position, and I hated watching that game. But you, you went like what forty six percent or something? No, it was fifty fifty. Fifty. Was it right down the middle exactly? Right down the middle, yeah. Oh God, that's so yeah. boring. Another participation medal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the I got a fifty percent uh, against Baptiste Evan. What's the second question? You versus Nick, 10 face-offs. Who's winning? I actually want to know who's winning because I think Nick might have you, actually. you If Nick reincarnates himself from when he scored against Syracuse, like if he times the whistle <laughs> up like that, I don't want to see him on the other side. But like the, <laughs> Suck it, Evan. Yeah, I don't want to see that. And he goes down and scores. I was on That's- the sideline. <laughs> oh, you were on the play. Team. So what? I don't even remember what he's talking about. <laughs> You had Billy Ward on the wing playing defense. That's a tough look. <laughs> no, TD, so here's, here's a little uh, just clout myself up on the faceoff. So yeah. no matter what, I have the current highest faceoff single game percentage in uh, in professional across history. I went one for one, 100%. Um, and Run a baller, right? Or something that got stuck in a stick. Am I, am I on with this or no? No, so that was a game. If you're talking about the PLL, um, I actually went like three for 15 that game. That was a tough one. Um, (laughs) But it was with the Outlaws, and Max Adler was doing like his whole, oh, no, I have a cramp, and I need to like hard-o myself on the sidelines and trying to wrestle people. And I went one for one, and I still to this day am claiming the best, biggest percentage. So until you go 100%, I don't want to hear about how, you know, you're such a great face-off guy when, uh, you know, when I'm holding the record book over here and it wasn't a participation trophy. I won it fair and square. Unlike mine. <laughs> the guy go early or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I would, uh, yeah, we got to try and do a, a best of 10. And then also I'm wondering how many penalties I would get for that. Are you a, uh, a guy who gets pushed in the back and flops like Baptiste or no? I used to be, and then, like, I used up all of those push-from-behind cards, so now I don't even get the call anymore. So now I'm more onto, like, I fall onto the ball, let everyone run past me, and then, like, get a ground ball kind of guy. But, yeah, no, I was big on the get-push-from-behind train when I was 160 pounds. Oh, such a yeah. bummer. Yeah. Kevin Durant doesn't get any any cheap calls. Yeah, no, once you, <laughs> once you, once you go from Albany Sweet – or the nation sweetheart team to, like, the be Kevin Durant, you don't get any more calls, so <laughs> – <laughs> well, uh, well, beauty. Any uh, Evan? Anything else we uh, we want to go over? Um, when do you think you're going to be on campus in Denver? Realistically, um, I don't know. I've been talking to Coach T. Like, I pretty much talk to him every day, and just waiting for compliance and everything to like. It's crazy how many like dumb rules there are. Like, it's to be like eligible right. and like they're treating you like you're a basketball player getting money, but. You're just yeah, well, I'm just like paying from Victor, New York. <laughs> yeah, like treat me like a basketball player when I'm just not nearly as important. Um, yeah, so like there's all these hoops to jump through. So I'm hoping within like a week or two I can be out there and uh, 
yeah, hopefully we can start to get after it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Kind of sucks they have those helmets, but like I heard you get used to it. <laughs> Gross. That that's your biggest worry. I'm sure you'll be fine. Yeah, Jackson Jackson Lucas said it was all right, so I guess I can live. It, it's worth it for the triple bunk. <laughs> well, I uh, I have one final question. Are you uh, and great podcast for everybody listening? Are you in your childhood bedroom right now? Uh, so my childhood bedroom, I used to share one with my brother, and then I got sick one day, and he kicked me out and has like the bigger room. Like I literally, if I back up, I literally hit my bed. Like I can't even get to all my floors. That, but room, I did, what, whose room is it? This is my room. Yeah, my childhood room. <laughs> Still the same posters up and everything. Well, that that's my question. Is I see like some New York plaque that I'm sure is a war, but what are the two posters? They just look like black squares back there. Oh yeah. So literally, I think I got these like when I was ten. Never took them down. Um. So one's Tim Sudan, who's a legend. He's who I started playing lacrosse. He's he, he he's rock. He's the best. He was like pigeon toed rocks a barrel. He's like, dude, you just got to be tough. I was like, all right, I think there's more than that coach, but like, all right, I'm all for that. And then another guy is Mitch Clark, who was like a really good wrestler. And uh, yeah, I, that was my birthday present when I was like eight because he didn't know what to get me. So like, here's a signed poster of this guy, like who was really good that you might meet one day, I guess, maybe. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, well, you got to hit me up when you get out to Denver. Um, I, I don't know if you know, I was born and raised here. Um, so, you know, we can go to all the closed down restaurants. We can go get in a bunch of trouble. And um, no, man, thank you very much for joining. We really appreciate you breaking the news. Um, we're certainly going to cloud ourselves up, making sure that everybody credits the post game. And um, you know what? Say if there's a huge bump in beef jerky sales, um, we'll have to wait until you graduate, but we'll take you to like a nice crimson and gold penny night drinking shit show fest. So any, uh, <laughs> any final words, anything you want to plug, anything, uh, anything on your end? I think, no, thanks for having me on. It was good. Uh, it's nice to be on a podcast, a little more lighthearted and just have like a conversation as opposed to me just being like, oh, God, I got to be nice to everyone here. <laughs> no, we encourage uh, throwing people under the bus on this podcast. So <laughs> that's good to hear. Beauty. Well, thank you very much. And we'll uh, we'll catch up soon. Awesome. Thank you again. Thanks, man. Thank you to TD for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. Have a great career at Denver. And also, let's follow that interview up with a big announcement. We are officially announcing our Smelling Salts partner. The, the post game is partnered with Ammonia Sport. Again, that's Ammonia Sport to be the official Smelling Salt supplier of the post game. If you want to check them out, go over to Ammonia Sport, uh, whether it's on Amazon or their website. Um, quick Google search will take you right there and use. Uh, promo code 15 post game 15 no spaces just type out post game and 15 on either side for 15 percent off your order if you don't use smelling salts you can't make it to the next level that's just a fact everybody in the pll uses it every college team worth of shit uses it and probably you should start dabbling in high school if you have a pair so go check them out i'm actually a huge fan of their squeeze bottle normally you have the little snooze patches that you have to snap and sniff this one is just a bottle that you you put this cap on, take it off, and then you just puff it and you get the same smelling salts effect. I'm a huge fan. Expect more ad reads coming next week. But again, please support our sponsors. And again, thank you to Ammonia Sport. Thank you to Red Truck Beef Jerky. And again, thank you to TD Ireland. We really appreciate you taking the time and we'll see you all next week.